we're doing a podcast. <laughs> you know what? I think I think watch. Okay, so so you can you can hear yourself talking, or you want to use those? Or you want me to put them? It's kind of weird. Okay, see, I like it. Right, yeah, me, it's kind of like you're getting a. You hear yourself and then the noise. You know, I just had this conversation with somebody last night. I actually like hearing myself speak, so uh, <laughs> it works out well. Okay, is that a sign of depression, listening to yourself speak? You know, you know, I, I don't know if it's a sign of depression or not. I, I think maybe, you know, it's a sign of uh, egocentricity, perhaps. I'm, uh, you know, a little egocentric if I like hearing myself speak. I think to a point, everybody experiences some depression. Uh, you know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all a matter how do you deal with the depression. Hey, you know what? Here, wait, hold on. I'm going to tell you, you got you to you literally you keep it. Yeah. Are we set. on? Uh, yeah, we're on. No, we're on. Okay, right? we're talking we're, about we're, depression. How we're talking about depression. I think, I think, no, I think this is an important subject. I think that it's something that needs to be discussed, actually. Yep. Well, because, because you know what? Um, certainly, uh, C-71, the proposed C-71, would extend the powers of the people that grant licenses and take them away. Uh, and the idea that, you know, anybody can suffer from some form of depression at some stage in their lives. But it doesn't mean it's serious. Well, you know what? I, I think, I think, I think if you uh, don't diagnose depression properly, it, it can become serious. Uh, I think that certainly there's dangers involved uh, when you're, you know, a depressed person and you're in the possession of firearms, you know, at the risk of sounding like I'm fear mongering, like I think it, it could turn into something more, but that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to off yourself or hurt anybody else for that no, matter. absolutely not. Right. But you can, you can suffer the effects of depression, you know, like, yeah. and be exposed to things that upset you. Go I ahead. actually lived with somebody who suffered from severe depression. Yes. And their answer to that is drugs. Yeah, prescribed drugs, self-medicating. You know, like you're talking about. You talking uh, about steadily living at the doctor's office and the doctor constantly giving them pills, pills, and more pills. More pills, chewing them up like Pez. Chewing them up like Pez. See, I've never been. A, I've never been a fan of the um, the method of. of trying to find solutions in a bottle of any type and that that includes prescription medication yeah and i can tell you that the medicines that she was given mm -hmm. just made everything worse really yeah and it was just like i couldn't believe doctors were prescribing this stuff well, you're not you're not the first person i've heard talk about this certainly in my 20 years of policing experience i, I found that uh people that that seem to take these medications uh, sometimes would suffer horrible side effects. And when I say that, I mean, like, you know, in some cases it made things worse. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. it, it got bad so to the point where I'm divorced now. Yeah, yeah. you just can't live with somebody who's gone to this extreme. And literally, there would be conversations that just made no sense whatsoever. Really? And th there was uh, anger issues and... Mm -hmm. It was just bad. Well, you know what? Uh, here's here's my thoughts on it. Um, altogether too quickly, I find physicians are uh, prescribing medications for things. Like, I mean, if you walk into your doctor's office and say, you know, you're not feeling so hot, you know, chances are that they're gonna here's give a bill. You, they're gonna give you a bill, and they're gonna give you a script for you know any one of a number of anti-anxiety or antidepressant type medications. Arguably, uh, you know, some people have uh, you know made the uh, the claim that, that these medications are being pushed by these doctors and uh, certainly they're part of a much larger problem like I mean there's obviously the pharmaceutical companies are making money they're and, making tons of money and the doctors are making money and uh, a lot of people that take these medications are not developing the necessary coping skills to deal 
with uh, depression, anxiety, and, you know, the things that you naturally had to find solutions for outside of, you know, pharmaceutical and uh, doctor, uh, doctor's assistance, you know, like you used to have to work through your problems back in the day. Now, the moment that your kid, you know, demonstrates that he can't focus in class, they want to hand him a bottle and say, take two of these a day. Yep. And, and, and there has been, there has been, and it really isn't talked about too much. Uh, there has been a correlation between, you know, mass shootings and the people that engage in, you know, these types of behavior, uh, you know, horrible assholes, in my opinion, uh, that, that engage in these types of behavior and psychotropic drugs, you know, drugs. That, yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's, there's been a connection, like every single one of these high school shooters, uh, you know, suffered from some form of mental health issue and was prescribed at some yep. stage. They're high strung. Well, yeah. You know, whether they're, you know, they're kids that were on Ritalin or some form of antidepressant or, you know, like any one of a, you know, number of, of drugs that they're yeah. prescribed today. But, but I, I've noticed though, and, and certainly I saw it, you know, starting to become more prevalent 20 years ago, uh, that, that anybody that expressed, you know, uh, any kind of anxiety or, you know, feelings of depression was automatically uh, prescribed medication. And, yep. and, and I, I was never really supportive of that. Now, there's, that's not to say that there aren't people that benefit greatly, uh, maybe from something that helps uh, take the edge off or, you know. Uh, like I, I could see many cases where it, it helped in, you know, in mild doses or forms, uh, you know, we're not, we're not talking about people with serious mental health problems. We're talking about people that, you know, are, are in a bit of a funk, uh, you know, whether they're chemically a little bit imbalanced and then they find themselves children, children, you know, sometimes children, uh, you know, going through a parent's divorce. You know, I really, I really don't believe in prescribing medication so quickly that, you know, it's the go-to, uh, fix all. No, that, absolutely that, not. That doctors seem to, you know, uh, you know, bring out at the moment, the moment that they hear that there's a problem, you know, they okay. oh, you, you take this, 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 and this, mm-hmm. and that'll fix you right up. Like, I mean, I think it's really irresponsible and not, not to criticize the doctors, but I have noticed, you know, it's uh, too easy. It's too easy. Uh, certainly, certainly, you know, back in the day, uh, opiates were, were a big thing for doctors oh. seem to prescribe them like candy. I remember my father, my father had Tylenol three laying around the house, like, uh, like Pez, you know, he had, he had severe back problems and, uh, he took his Tylenol three, you know, pretty sparingly, but, uh, you know, the coating content in the Tylenol three was pretty high, pretty good, pretty high. And, you know, with the, uh, with a glass of vino, uh, the music could get to sound really good, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, but, but, but there was, there was this movement I saw, you know, somebody get into a, you know, say a car accident. Uh, I had a good friend that, that, uh, fell victim to this phenomenon. He, he got into a car accident and he had a bad back and of course his doctor began to prescribe you know opiates and before you knew it you know a couple of years had passed he had gone through about a million of these things and nice. was, was hooked well not only was he hooked but his doctor realized you know that he had been filling out scripts for years and there was no real improvement and he got the I get I think he got the feeling that perhaps he was starting to abuse it a bit so he cut him off and then with the sudden change in distribution yeah. of his you things know, get uh, ugly yeah, well well you know, then he began to um, source out his medication from, uh, you know, places that were not uh, legitimate. And before you know it, he's taking things that, you know, really he shouldn't be taking, whether there's somebody else's stuff or wherever he can get his hands on it. 
And of course, I didn't. I didn't know this at the time. I was, I was seeing uh, some changes in his behavioral patterns, and I saw things that to me looked suspect. And of course, because he was such a good guy, I didn't want to believe it was true initially. But uh, when I saw some signs, and uh, this was fairly early on in my policing career, mm-hmm. you know, I began to suspect that there was an issue. So I confronted him on it. And, and sure enough, he admitted to me, you know, what had happened. And he said, you know, look, I got into this car accident. You know, I was on these things for years and, you know, I physically get ill when I don't take them. And you he's know, addicted. He was addicted, you know, physically addicted. And, and when I told him like, you know, you gotta get yourself some help. I don't care what we gotta do. Like you need to get yourself in and get yourself cleaned up because, um, you know, I, I found out he was taking things, uh, that he was getting from illegal sources. And he was taking things that, that weren't prescribed to people unless they were really on their way out. And mm. addiction addiction was no longer uh, an issue to contend with, you know. And, and doctors, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it was it was a, a very serious um, morphine derivative type type. Uh, item and he was of course you know getting into injectables and like, that's yeah, yeah like he, that's he was that he was that far along and so you know and and it, the moment I found out I put my foot down and I said like you need to get some help uh, you know in many respects I can't be anywhere near you as a police officer and this is you know this is what I'm going to do to offer you help but uh, you need to get some and I think it's really important he cleaned up his act and uh, quite honestly I uh, don't uh, too, well too many fall victim and uh, you know to 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 the urges and or fall through the cracks in the system uh you know like but i mean i definitely think though that i've seen some changes there uh you know within the uh community of physicians i I don't think they're as as quick to prescribe the same things and of course they've changed uh the the way uh they they produce this stuff now um the opiates that they used to grind up and inject now now they've gotten away from you know the oxycontins and they want to you know, produce it in a fashion that can't be uh, consumed the way, you know, the drug users, recreational drug users do. And so there, there, there have been some changes, you know, for the better, but I, I definitely think there's a lot of room still for improvement. Absolutely. We've got a fentanyl problem. Yeah, now we got a fentanyl problem. Uh, Thanks, China. You know, I don't know that we can lay it all at China's no, feet. I a mean, lot of it's had, coming from there. Yeah, well, you know, and, and, and ultimately the people that use the drugs recreationally have to accept some responsibility. Although if you ask the government, you know, they'd say, let's create another safe injectable site. And, uh, yeah, which you know, is like... That's condoning it. Well, there's there's two schools of thought on that subject. Right. One is mm-hmm. one is that if you if you kind of normalize it and uh, you know create uh, you know legal avenues for these people to you know have safe needles, you know, so you can avoid the spread of disease. You know, I, I get that too, but at the same time, you know, what kind of message does it send to people? You know it, that it's okay. Uh, I really do think, as a culture, we've gotten away from criticizing people on any level, and, yeah, and it's I think, accepting it. Well, yeah, in, in your generation and my generation are, are different, and uh, you know, criticism was part of the equation. If you were doing, if you were doing something wrong, you could expect to get criticized, and if you were not, if you were not pulling your weight, if you were uh, doing something illegal, you know, you could expect to be called out on it, and uh, your feelings be damned. I don't really give a shit about your feelings. Would have been the response. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, you're screwing you, up. Yeah, you're screwing up. Like it's it's not about how you feel, and I don't really don't care if you're offended by my criticism of you. This is this is the way it is. Clean up your shit. Yep. And and that's really changed about Canadian culture and Western culture in general. Is there seems to be this movement afoot where people. Um, 
people seem to have placed the feelings of others and, and the need to not offend others above and, uh, you know, ahead of, you know, things like facts or reality, know, doing reality, doing the right thing, doing the right thing, doing the right thing. And, and, you know, and you need look no further than the Canadian government leading by example, you know, things, things like facts don't seem to matter to them. It's hide and cover up. Well, certainly, you know, I, I keep on bouncing back to the SNC Lavalin affair. We've got, uh, you know, even more, you know, information. And I've been telling people yeah, that, that new SNC we're getting I, somewhere. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't avoid it. It's just such a good subject. It's so, yeah. it's so, nice to see you know justin trudeau panicking in the water it, it, like you can tell again well you know he's 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 really really uh, a lost soul i'm actually starting to feel a little bit bad for him if i if i if, if that was all possible because i don't because well, i i really do think he's destroying the country from within yeah and 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 i think that watching him flounder around has really become an exercise in well you know he's kind of brought this on himself by yeah. by being involved in i don't this want scandal. to make it sound too bad but when I listen to him and look at him and, and what he's doing, yes, I see a personality disorder. You know what? <sighs> it does. It's just like, there's something wrong with him. Like, what is making him do this stuff the way he's doing it? Like, he's placed himself above the rest of us in what he does. Like, he believes his own BS. Well, you know what? There, there, there's uh, an obvious and uh, self-proclaimed uh, admiration for bis- basic dictatorships like China, like Cuba. You know, yeah. uh, he's expressed, and so did his father before him. Yeah, I know. You know, uh, I was there. Yeah, you were. You were around. Uh, for the people just tuning in, I'm here with Black Powder Dave, special guest. Uh, you know, definitely in the 40 and over category of uh, community members and one of our original crew, uh, talking about you know a little bit of political content in addition to uh, you know some discussion about physicians and some of the things I think should be changed. Uh, but but talking about Justin Trudeau and his basic adoration of dictatorships. He, mm-hmm. you know, he's been very clear that there's certain things that he likes about dictatorships. And actually, I, I truly believe the way he's behaving. Um, yeah, you're right. But then let's examine, though, where he came from. He had a father that was, um, you know, arguably a bit of an asshole, uh, an arrogant man, an intelligent man, uh, something that's absent uh, in, it seems, in Justin Trudeau. But um, a family that admired dictatorships like Fidel Castro's uh, right. dictatorship. And, you know, we could get in we could get into the tinfoil hat theorists uh you know claims that perhaps he's fidel's son i don't want to get in i don't want you just did i don't i don't just i don't i well i don't want to i don't want to touch it I, I i could tell you that i look i've looked at the pictures i see They're the close. resemblance i it's see there. the resemblance i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say that that's him but i will say we though, have that no they, genetic proof the, you know what i i well i yeah i wonder i wonder if he would be inclined to submit some because like when you look at pictures of him when he's young justin trudeau and fidel castro the the resemblance is uncanny uh for me it's just like he doesn't look anything like pierre he doesn't but he does look a hell of a lot like fidel yeah, castro and, and, like, and, mm. and, and you know what if if justin if you're listening to this i apologize but like i mean you gotta admit it actually does look like it yeah. and and you know your mom was known to spend time with people other than your father which and got so, back to and, the start of her conversation and, and, yeah, we're definitely going to head back all the way around to um, mental health issues. Uh, definitely recreational drug use. And, you know, that's something that uh, his mother was known for. And so you've got so you've got a much older 
um, you know, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. You've got, uh, you know, you got Ms. Trudeau there uh, who is known to engage in recreational uh, drug use and have some mental health issues. And you wonder why they broke up and you wonder why they broke up i mean i think that's it right there if if you're willing to buy into the tinfoil hat theorist uh fidel theory uh you know then then it gets even wilder if you've got a dictator's uh, genetic material mixed in there but just 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 the way it is though a recreational drug user right and a, a father figure who is you know a bit of a power monger himself you know like people are people are going through strife and hard times and he's riding you know the the caesar salad express uh, across canada and throwing the bird to people who are uh, really in a bad state of affairs and, and i mean he, he he had a presence about him that that screamed out arrogance and obviously that's been passed on to his son uh, justin trudeau is definitely thinking that he's something special and that he is deserving of of treatment different from the rest of Canadians yeah. and that's becoming really evident now well I'm sure we all wish we could go through life without actually working for a living uh, forget working for a living how about how about zero accountability zero accountability right how about how about oh you caught us breaking the rules again oh yep that was another lie but we we're not going to do it again the latest one is that uh snc they've released the names of snc uh, lavalin executives that made donations illegal donations to the liberal yep. party uh i understand elections canada has now struck uh 100,000 names that were eligible for uh, the election process and to people that could vote that now they've determined uh, are not. They, they, there's some claims that, that there's about 100,000 people. They're not were, citizens. They're, they're not citizens. And, and the idea that perhaps, you know, there was uh, some fudging of the numbers during the 2015 elections. Like, but uh, nobody, what, nobody says anything. You know, it just seems like in Canada, um, we're seeing, we're seeing, Currently, I think we're witnessing history. We're seeing a government that is refusing to accept responsibility for anything. Truth doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Lies don't matter. Hypocrisy doesn't matter. Like, I mean, they're getting away with everything. They have the power. Well, they've got a majority government, but not only do they have a majority government, but now it's coming to light that they have strategically positioned, right? Supportive, sympathetic ears in all the places. If things go wrong and things are are brought to light that could publicly embarrass them, that they're able to either squash it or dismiss it. Like, I mean, having the director of the, uh, director of the board of ethics commission be directly connected to liberal caucus members as an in-law, you know, like how do people find themselves in these positions and not declare a conflict of interest? Looking after the family. Yeah. But you know what? See, I, I, I was kind of brought up in a generation of like, if you know, there's a conflict of interest, you cannot participate in this process. You know, like I, I remember going to police calls and, you know, finding out immediately that someone I knew was directly involved, you know, in the call. And it was like, okay, I have to, very few times it happened. I would have to declare a conflict, you know, and I would say I could, I can be professional if, if there's an absolute need for me to be here and manage this situation, I can. But if I saw a conflict of interest and wanted to ensure that no one would ever have the ability to criticize my involvement in the matter and perhaps uh, question whether or not I had exercised a fair and impartial judgment, uh, then send in somebody else. If it was at all possible, sometimes it wasn't because, you know, staffing numbers were what they were, but you can't tell me that Justin Trudeau's liberal government has 
hasn't strategically put all these people into these positions in order to dismiss any claims that he might be abusing power or his Liberal Party might be abusing power. But it comes out every day. Justice Committee. You know the the what the Justice Committee? Oh, it was the Justice a, what Committee! A joke. The minute the the, the minute. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I, well, well, I mean, like, like the Injustice the Committee. The Injustice Committee. Well, you know, you've got six hundred you know, million dollars set aside to pay out the media groups and and a committee set set out there to determine who's who's telling the truth and, and what's real news and what's fake news and who gets the money yep. taxpayers dollars and i think this is really important to uh, to make people understand they have set aside 600 million almost 600 million tax dollars that's your money that's that's when you complain that you're paying too much at the pumps there's your money yep. when you're saying that you know that loaf of bread costs too much when they've raised taxes on seemingly everything that Canadians consume you know it's things like this right that cause that like to set aside 600 million tax dollars to give to media groups to write articles can i interject one sure. little thing while we're on taxes sure my propane tank fill up. Okay. $610 to fill up a tank. $100 of that was tax. Un- it's unbelievable. $100 what? HST and Trudeau's tax. Where where do you where do you draw and I mean all of Canada Right, yeah. seemingly is against this carbon tax cuz I you know what that's that's definitely you know people people sit down and they say how do we change? The world for the better. Well, let's, you know, let's look at the climate change, which I think is really important to discuss. And I, you know, you've, you've broached a a subject that I think that we need to talk about. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to go this direction, but here we are. No, no, no. Screw it. I think, I think this is something that, you know, I'm going to have somebody call me a climate denier about halfway through this podcast. I'm sure somebody's going to be sitting at home saying that. I know that's not true. You believe what you're seeing. Mm. What we don't believe is what we're being told. Well, you know what? I, I, I got into a fight. Uh, an argument, a disagreement with one of my old sergeants uh, came came online and basically told me what a jerk I was uh, for being, you know, essentially a climate denier. I don't think he used that terminology, but I, I hear it thrown around quite a bit. You know, uh, certainly climate Barbie, and I know she hates being called that, but I really don't care. Climate change Barbie. Climate change Barbie. What, what, she doesn't like being called climate Barbie because she has she has children and she thinks that it's unfair to characterize her, her in such a sexist way. Oh, well, you know what? I, I think I think it's fitting. Like, she's a, she's a bobblehead. Uh, I'm quite frankly embarrassed that she's yeah. from the Hamilton area uh my hometown to be quite honest the media has even said she's the weakest politician in the cabinet oh by far by far by far but then again she's the one with the the you know smallest leg to stand on out there because there is such debate uh surrounding climate change and they throw jody wilson rabel oh yeah and kept her. She's a, she. Oh yeah, jo, Jody Wilson Raybol was thrown out of cabinet for doing her job. She was she was tossed from her position, demoted, whatever you want to call failed it. Failed to lie. Yeah, because she because she failed to toe the line and 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 participate in a process that would have seen SNC Lavalin beating criminal court uh, prosecution uh, in lieu of uh, using a measure that the liberals had slipped in to an <laughs> omnibus. Bill to make sure that their illegal contributors didn't have to suffer through the embarrassment and didn't have to deal with the uh, the, the the difficulty 
produced by being found guilty of guilty. engaging in major fraud and, and 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 illegal practices as as a corporation and, and, and hookers and unable and being unable to bid on Canadian contracts because they would be you know blackballed and yes you know the 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 idea that Canadian government would want to give a break to any kind of organization that would utilize hookers, hookers. To, to to try and persuade you know uh, possible new new clients you know like I, can you believe that yep. that that idiot hookers. is sitting up there and saying I am a feminist all right and I am the I better still he got up there he got up there at one point and said I'm the biggest feminist they got into a little bit of a pissing match him and cheer <laughs> over who is the better feminist and of course Justin Trudeau totally bit and said I dare you to say you're a bigger feminist than I am like so, so juvenile oh, so ridiculous. ridiculous right but but he but he did and and the idea though that our fake feminist and I loved it when uh, Michelle Rempel Rempel, Rempel, right, came out, shook her shoulders, and said, "If he's such a feminist, right, <laughs> why would he put a gag on Jody Wilson-Raybould? Like, I mean, he literally is claiming to be the ultimate feminist. Meanwhile, he's not letting a woman speak. He beats her up politically and in a public way when she is unable to defend herself and and come back with anything because she's been literally gagged. She's literally been told yep. she's not able to speak out, and because of." Lawyer client privilege, right? Which and he it, could let go. Which which he could waive. And of course, if you listen to Justin Trudeau, he would tell you we have in an unprecedented maneuver, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, waived lawyer client privilege uh, and 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 allowed her to speak. What he doesn't tell the Canadian people but is he can speak freely. Oh, he can speak freely, but she's limited in terms of what yeah, she was able he, to he say. Has. But but I, but I want to I want to come back though to. You know, Ms. McKenna and climate change. Because I think oh, this yeah. is... Well, no, you know what? I think I think this is... You know what? This is going to get me into some hot water, but I really don't care. I, I don't you know, think I, so. I, well, you know what? I, I, have, I have strong opinions about this subject. I, I call think a lot it of people legitimate do. conversation. Yeah, why not? You like, know what? Why, hey, why he, do we have to just accept a tax as being a good thing? Well, you know, forget forget it being a good thing. How about how about this? Let's start with climate change. You know, uh, is climate change real? Well, well, let's see. I remember when they said global warming, like we have a real problem. The planet is heating up too fast, and you know, we we're, we're seeing polar ice caps melting and global warming. Global warming. The the world's going to end. They said that it was going to end back in like two thousand. It's, it's been going on for years. Everybody's been saying, oh, things are things are going to go terribly wrong uh, if we don't buy a certain date, you know, correct this problem. And, and always there seemed to be somebody making some money in the background, uh, you know, based on, based on, you know, the changes being proposed by certain, certain people in government and in power, but now climate change. So, so when global warming like totally was disproven and now they're saying that, <laughs> sorry folks, it's actually cooling down too fast. They're rebranding it climate change. And now do I think that climate change is real? I like, I look out my window, uh, every day I spend time outdoors yes there is a change in weather patterns yes there is some more severe weather yes uh does it does it appear that you know it's warmer uh later in the year than it used to be i like i i i've seen some uh, really unseasonably hot septembers compared to when i was a kid and and so do i think that there's you know 
climate change? Absolutely. Do I think that taxing the Canadian people is the solution to the problem? Do I think that the no. politicians have the ability to change the weather by, by ta- no, no, of course not. It's ridiculous. What, what snake oil they're trying yeah. to sell the Canadian people by fear mongering. Do you not still have to heat your house? Will a tax stop you from heating your house? Oh, no, of course not. But it's going to be a lot more. Will it stop people from driving to work? No, you know what? Of course not. And and, and you know what? I, 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 I kind of get where Justin Trudeau is coming from. It's like, okay, we want to discourage the use of fossil fuels. And so we're going to make the cost higher to uh, kind of push people towards alternative means and energy sources. So I kind of get the logic behind it. But since people are taxed to an inch of their lives in this country already and so many people are living below the poverty line we've got so many people in this country that are homeless uh people that are living uh, you know uh in, in poor conditions you know why would we tax them even more you know, like, I mean, the idea that we're already giving away like 46% of our income, you know, to fund <laughs> shitty government projects that are constantly, you know, deemed to be a waste of money years later and or like a joke. Like, don't even get me started on windmills, right? The, yeah. The turbines, the wind turbines. Oh, I know. Yeah. Right. So, so, but now you've got a government that wants to impose a tax that nobody is standing behind, it seems. You know, every province one by one is saying absolutely not. But Justin Trudeau is saying no. We're doing it anyway. Like we've got more than half the country saying you should step down from office in light of all these lies that have been exposed and how dishonest and and unethical this government has been. We're telling you, you should step down. He's still in office. He's refusing to step down. He's acting like a dictator. He will not give up that power. He's not giving up that power. We got a guy that went to jail for saying, you know, he's guilty of treason. I I hear hear that somebody was arrested and charged for saying that, that Justin Trudeau should be hung and that he is guilty of treason. Now, you know what? I, I wonder, you know, like, does he legally meet the definition? Right. I think if we started to examine some things, you know, anything's possible, but to send somebody to jail, like, I mean, have, have the skin, has the skin of like politicians become so thin that they can't stand, you know, the thought of somebody criticizing them? Uh, you know, he can't. It, no, he can't, obviously. Can't take it. Well, you know what? He's he's certainly going to have to get used to it because we've only got about five and a half months left before October elections come around. And I think that Canada is going to stand up, speak their mind and kick his ass right out of office, along with every other person that is still left standing, because it would seem that a lot of his caucus are saying that they're not going to be running again. A lot of them are not going to run again. You know, I wonder why, you know, I have visions of, of people in those positions Right. Uh, That are clearly being told you will not be elected again, that you're going to be you're going to be definitely on the losing end of that stick coming up in October. Cost money to lose. Cost money to lose. You know, uh, for for the friends of mine that think that everybody in the liberal caucus is on the take, you you know, there's probably offshore accounts that have been filled with money and purchased, you know, purchased behavior and votes. You know, like the people you can't possibly think for one second that anybody in their right mind would think that it's ethical to vote down some of the you know, proposed motions that have been put forward by the conservatives. Let's have, let's have an investigation into the SNC Lavalin affair. No, no, no. How about we have a committee where we actually discuss what happened there? Nope. Nope. We're going to shut that down too. Yeah. We have done an unprecedented thing. Oh God. And it's over shame, and, and, and over same line and, over and over and Never shame, an answer. shame on the RCMP. Never an answer. Right? Shame on the RCMP for not stepping up to the plate when there's been a clear abuse of power. 
but right. one has to examine who put the commissioner in place. Well, I mean, again, right? You've got you've got the commissioner that's been appointed there, and you know, are they gonna are they gonna attack the hand that fed them? Probably that not. was Prime Minister Trudeau and Ralph Goodell were standing right beside her to announce, here's your new commissioner. Yeah. So yeah. who's she going to be looking at going like, well, you guys gave me this job. You've seen governments before this one. I mean, is this... Is, I've is seen this, a lot of governments. I know you have, right? Is, 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 now, w- w- how would you describe this government relative to everything else you've seen? I mean, you've seen some Absolutely shit. Absolutely the worst ever. Really? Pathetic. Pathetic. Like, I didn't like Kretchen, even mm. though they said he could get away with murder, the mm-hmm. Teflon man. Yeah. I didn't like Pierre Trudeau. You know, I'm not really a liberal supporter. I don't believe in... No. You? Well, okay. Nah. Let's put it this way. As I'm growing up, 18 years old, Pierre Trudeau comes along. Yes. And I'm just getting into the age of voting and whatnot. Yeah. And come from a conservative background family. Yeah. Kind of pushed me in that direction anyway. But I didn't like what Pierre Trudeau was pushing. What and was it he, always what? stuck one thing that he said always stuck in my mind. What? I'm the captain of the ship. Just because you bought a ticket to go here doesn't mean that's where I'm taking you. Ooh. And that always bothered me he about said that? him. He said that. Really? In Eric. other words... I got the power to do whatever I want. Once elected, I'll do what I want. Thank and you. I see that in the sun too. Oh, completely. Yeah. Completely. I'm Mr. Transparent. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And once you get there, well, that's not where I'm taking you. Well, I love, I love what he's put out there. It's like, we're going to have a different kind of government. We're going to be, uh, er, uh, uh, transparent and, uh, okay, er, you had to put uh, in the, uh, 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 er, uh, uh, you know, what? you know, unprecedented, you know, new movements yeah, towards, it. oh, you know what? Worst <laughs> ever. We're busy helping the middle class and those working hard to join it. If I hear that line one more time, yeah. I'm going to absolutely, you know, my situation what oh yes yes and thank god i will make it to october mm-hmm. so i can help save my country you you know what i want to i want to see you vote i i yeah, I, I, I definitely i definitely want to see you around i'll be there right longer longer than I just was worried voting. a bit but i said no 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 i'm gonna make this vote you're gonna you're gonna live long enough to sit sit that ballot in the box and, oh, and yeah. send him on his way i you know what i really i really do wonder what's gonna happen when he's uh kicked out of office because i cares? think well no 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 i i care because i think that leading <laughs> up to the moments before we find out that he's gone and I, I think they've tried every shifty, shady move in the book to try and stack the deck in his favor. I still don't think it's going to be enough. And I really do mean that. I've, I've always maintained, and podcast Brian has always maintained, you know, get out there, volunteer for your conservative party members. Uh, definitely offer them all your support. Talk and to your definitely family. Donate. Donate Anything. money. Yeah. Even yeah. at 20 bucks. Believe it or not. It makes a difference. It's the ads. And they need it to put the oh, yeah. ads out there. Whether yep. you agree with some of the way the ads are done. Everybody's saying it's going to be an ugly election, but oh. it's been an ugly government. Well, but hold on. You, you, did, you, did you not anticipate it was going to be an, like, I mean, they've already come out swinging on Andrew Scheer, calling him a white supremacist. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, like, is, isn't that just the go-to line for the far left? This you know, is minute? a guy that doesn't even know a Japanese from a Chinese. Well, you know, forget that he's an idiot. I mean, like for the people that, you know, saw my, uh, my cartoons, you know, <laughs> indicating that, <laughs> Justin Trudeau was sitting down having some sushi and he said, this is really great Chinese food, you know, don't don't make me laugh. Yeah. Well, no, but like, I mean, how stupid do you have to be? Like, I want to, I want to believe that, you know, it wasn't on a script. He couldn't read it. 
Well, forget that he couldn't read it. I mean, I don't know if he's smoking up too much or perhaps he's, you know, juggling his medications because he's got to be feeling like an asshole right about now. He's, he he's should. Get, well, he, the whole country hates him. And when I say the whole country, I mean, there's always going to be people that will support him no matter what he does. But it seems to me that from the West Coast, anything, anything East of Vancouver, you know, it, it wow. seems to really despise, uh, you know, what he's put in place and the things he's pushing and uh, not buying what he's selling. Whatever support he's got left will be Quebec and the Maritimes. Yeah, well, PEI spoke up, right? They're, they they were they should have gone down in history as yeah. the last great supporters, but they, they decided to speak up loud and clear. Yeah, it wasn't a majority, but it definitely shows a hmm. And Newfoundland is in two weeks. Right, Newfoundland and Labrador. Newfoundland uh, and Labrador, Labrador are voting in two up. weeks, and they say that one could be testy for the Liberals. Well, you know what? I, I think they it, called it early. They, well, they called it early, and I have my theories about that. I think yeah. I think that the Their longer, numbers were falling. The longer they wait, the worse it's going to get. My thinking is is that you know certainly Justin Trudeau needed to accomplish some things uh, before he left, and he's you know, accomplished something. Destroying we, the country. We have crap. pot. Yeah. We have pot. Although, although, although our government is the first in history to ever lose money selling uh, drugs, which which is really kind of fascinating. I understand well, that, that some of the some of the uh, government owned facilities are actually losing money. It's my understanding. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason why is because the pot they're selling, nobody likes it. It's well, they say it's garbage. You know what? Shitty pot, high prices, of course, and tax and, and taxes. You know, and nobody likes paying those. You know darn well what happens with sin devices that will every year that the government needs more money that will be a tax hit oh well you know it's just going to keep getting more leave it leave it to our government to totally screw up the legalization of marijuana they practically got elected on that platform i I really i really don't think that this government would be in existence right now if they hadn't gotten elected on the marijuana platform which by the way i understand uh andrew andrew shear is not looking back to turn the hands of times rearward it's well they they can tweak it they can change it they can tweak it they you know they it's it's legal the the barn door is open now uh i think i think that it's entirely possible that there is uh good money to be made there in a responsible way uh i mean if alcohol is legal uh i don't see any reason why they can't make marijuana legal as well i i myself personally am not a big proponent of it i'm not a fan well you know what i i believe that people uh like 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 brian i do believe that if you know if somebody wants to grow a plant in their backyard dry it uh stick it in a pipe and smoke it you know hey it's it's pretty natural um, I'm not going to say that I get behind that, but I think though that people, you know, what they want to do with their bodies as, as adults, I think is, is kind of important. You know, that, that should be allowed. Uh, um, I'm not a pop person. No. I don't like it. Yeah. I think it stinks. Yeah. It does smell yeah. like yeah. dirty skunk. But, yeah. <laughs> but I know a lot of people I've been in rooms where just, cl- just clouds of the stuff in the air and it's like, I can't breathe. Yeah. Like, and it's like, how can you smoke that? Like, it's a I, lung killer. Well, you know, I, 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 there's, there's people out there that obviously enjoy it. There's a lot of people that think it has medicinal value. They get um, stupid. Well, and you know what? It does, it does uh, sorry sorry pot smokers but it makes you stupid. well you know like i like I, i'd like to think i kind of ride the fence on this one as a, as a retired police officer uh i never had any problems with the pot smokers like i mean you know what we'd occasionally show up for like noise <clears throat> noise disturbance calls and they are be, mellow they, well they, they certainly were a lot more manageable than, than you know, people people yeah that had drank too much uh and or you know were engaging in you know the harder pharmaceutical drugs like cocaine uh you know find somebody that's been drinking too much and has been you know doing bump out 
after bump all night long and you'll have a fight on your hands. Whereas the marijuana smokers, you know, we'd show up, they'd be all freaked out. You know, you screw with them a little bit, knock on the door a few times, you, yeah. know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, put your thumb over top the keyhole, you know, you knew you could smell it through the door. So you trip them out a little bit. And then, you know, finally, you know, you, you, you talk to them and say, look, just keep the volume knob turn below number five right, right. That, that's that's the secret see this number right here five, don't go past that and certainly don't play your loud music beyond 5 a.m and you'll never get a complaint from us we won't show up here anymore and that, that was when it was still illegal although I, I really feel for the guys and girls in law enforcement now like they really will have to change gears a little bit oh yeah because like now it's 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 a public thing it's 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 okay to smoke it now they're doing testing on it on the road it's well, more that, work well that makes that makes a lot of sense to me uh, I'm sure there's um, it was know, always there well yeah but but you know uh, you have to know the that 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 uh, impairment by drug was a completely you know, different set of criteria that would have to be met for you to, you know, meet the threshold, you know, to arrest somebody, you'd have to be able to detect the physical signs that, you know, somebody was impaired by drug, which was, which required a different level of training and a very expensive and and, and time consuming training uh, process. And not many people were, were, were uh, trained in that fashion, in, in, at least not during my time. But the need to be able to detect impairment by drug now that it's been loosed upon the Canadian public, you know, I, I think it's necessary that we have something that measures and calculates, you know, the level yeah, of, but of drugs in your system. In all honesty, yeah, it probably should have been there before. Oh, absolutely. You know, many people I know that they admitted freely. Yeah. When I go out, I smoke pot. Yeah. Because they can't bust me for it. Uh, you know, I could tell you from or from harder to bust them. For it's, it. it's 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 very hard. Uh, you know, you can you can detect the smell. You can start to formulate your grounds to place somebody under arrest. You have you know. no limits on what to bust them with. Well, it, it requires a blood sample, and there aren't too many doctors that you know are really really willing to get on board to collect a blood sample from somebody who isn't a willing participant. And uh, certainly, certainly to get somebody who's high uh, to sign a. A document saying I consent to the release of my, you know, medical yeah. information and for you, uh, you know, to, to, uh, extract, you know, a little bit of blood for the purposes of determining the amount of you know, chemicals that might be in my system. That, that isn't something that's easily done. And, and certainly when you get into a courtroom and you've got a judge looking at you and you're on the stand trying to justify why you have, um, you know, taken blood from somebody, yep. it, it gets, it gets a little crazy. And a lot of guys would just rather avoid it and would just say, Hey, you know what? You're an idiot. Uh, I know you're fucked up. We're going to put you in a cab. We're going to send you home and we're going to park your car over there and I'm going to throw your keys into the bushes. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that was like during my time in policing, like that was, that seemed to be a much better, uh, use of your time as a police officer when you got eight calls in pending and including, you know, a sexual, sexual assault, two domestics and, and a robbery. And there you could, they're calling for units to clear. And you're on the side of the road arguing with this guy and, and you know that he's too messed up to drive. And you yep. know that this is going to consume, you know, at least, uh, a few hours of your time, several officers in terms of resources. It's going to involve a process that will, you know, require you to call a tow truck to uh, relieve someone of their liberty. And you're going to be kind of feeling your way through it because it doesn't happen that often. Uh, So you certainly expose yourself to some embarrassment when you get on the stand, if you don't know exactly what you're doing. So from a policing perspective, I'm going to tell you that, you know, uh, 
you know, smoking weed and then going for a drive doesn't mean that you can't get busted. It just means it's exceedingly hard it's for harder. people to follow through with that process. Yes. And, and certainly it's, it's time consuming and, and risky for an officer to put himself out there like yeah. that without knowing what he's doing, uh, which is, which is a problem, uh, you know, but to have it now be sold commercially, uh, by, by government stores and private, you know, outlets now that, <clears throat> that means that there really does need to be something in place. I, I'm sure there's somebody out there that says, I drive better on weed. I'm more relaxed. Oh, yeah. You know, there's always that, there's always that guy. And I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure in some cases it actually might be true, but, uh, the, the truth is, is that if you're impaired, uh, by alcohol or drug and your reaction times are slowed down, that means that there's a risk to public safety. That means there's a risk to your personal safety. That means that somebody runs the risk of not being able to go home to their family, uh, because you've made a choice to drive impaired. And so, you know, I, I actively discourage it. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, uh, marijuana consumption myself in terms of, you know, when I talk to people about it, I don't judge, but at the same time, uh, you know, eh, it is what it is. They've made it legal now. Uh, that doesn't make it any better, you know, yeah. for, for the kids out there that are seeing, uh, people, uh, you know, in the normalization of its consumption. I'm, I'm not entirely sure I'm, I'm cool with that. I think that, uh, part of the reason why it was kept down so long was because you got people out there that. Uh, you know, you got to realize there's, there's kids that are watching, you know, certainly they've changed the way they advertise cigarettes. And certainly there's been a change in uh, what's socially acceptable in terms of, you know, normalizing things like excessive drinking, drinking and driving alcohol and, and, and drug uh, consumption. You know, in some respects, it's been very normalized. And I, I see a lot of kids out there that, you know, seem to think that, you know, it, there's nothing, uh, you know, to, to having a joint and then going to class, which during my time would would have been tantamount to an execution order. Like, I mean, if you went to class high where I went to school, you get, you get, you get really, um, you get thrown out a flight of stairs. Quite honest. Cathedral boys. When I'm in high school, my locker partner was the school drug dealer. No way. <laughs> like I'd open my locker and everybody down the hall would be going like, Hey, who's got the hooch? Oh, really? And oh, then so one day I get there and all my stuff's lying in the heap in the bottom. I'm going like, what the frick is this? Yeah. It was the cops were raiding the locker. Oh, no way. Well, that was nice. I'm did, you tell them you were, did, you, did you tell them that it wasn't yours? Well, they didn't come for me. <laughs> I ended up, I that's had to go, not mine, right? I went to the did office and I said, for, get me a different locker. Uh, did, you, did you say that? You know what? That's not mine. That's for a friend. That's a friend. Well, they knew. Like, that's a friend. Knew. I'm just holding that for a friend. Mr. Walker, <laughs> I still remember you. That you is Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's hysterical. I could see you <clears throat> making a requisition for a new locker immediately so, after that. This is back when I'm like 16. Yeah. Everybody was walking around high in school. Really? That's cr- no, but that not been, me, but a lot. Okay, of people but what, were, what would that have been? The sixties? Uh, let me think. I'm thinking that's the sixties. End of the sixties. Sixty nine. Really? Good year. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it Good was. Good year. Good sure cars. Were you, were, you, were you at Woodstock? Uh, new. No, not old enough yet. No, my first bike was a '72 Norton, which would have been my grade thirteen year. You were riding a Norton. Norton Commando. Uh, I must admit, I didn't spend much time in school. I got there for opening class, signed in, left for the rest of the day, and came for the sign out. Uh, well, that lasted for a while. Model student. And then I was drag racing in the parking lot. They seemed to be offended by that. <laughs> right, I'm kind of admitting I did a couple of the little bad things. You know what? You turned out okay, though. Uh, I was never big into drugs. No. Nope. Drank. 
became a contributing member to society. Yeah, but back in my day, we went out, we had fun, we drank, got a little bit wasted. Mm-hmm. Police would stop us. You'd open the door, fall on your face, go home. Yeah, different time. And you know what? It worked. Di- you know what? Different time back then. Yeah, but you know. police were allowed to think. They'd look at you and they'd make a decision. They'd just exor- go home. They'd exercise discretion. Yeah, I, they now want, there's no discretion. Well, it's they just don't, like, they don't. They don't want that anymore. Well, there's liability <clears throat> connected to it. I mean, there is now. If, if I'm if I'm the police officer that pulls you over and I say, "Hey, you're you're kind of gooned. I think that you shouldn't be driving. So just drive yourself home." I mean, like when you when you examine the logic, you know, like you're not okay to drive, but you know, get yourself home now. Now you drive home five minutes down the road. You pile up into a family. Yeah. Who's at fault? But, you know, I, me I, as a driver, I'm the fault, well, not the guy that well, just yeah, made a but, decision. But, the, but, the, but you know what, though, you couldn't make that argument in a courtroom. A judge would sit there and say to you, "You, as the officer, are the one that is not impaired." Now they would say that they, they would say that you know what, he already was drunk. Uh, he's not making good decisions. It's your responsibility as a police officer to keep the public safe. And I mean, there's going to be people out there that will say that that's not your legal obligation. Uh, certainly, I felt it was mine, and and yeah. I and believe me, folks, I gave my fair share of breaks, and I certainly. Uh, did things that probably would have got me into trouble today uh, back then but I can tell you that you know letting somebody continue to drive drunk certainly that's changed and some things have changed for the better Uh, like I was around during the you know 70s and the early 80s and I remember when you know drinking and driving suddenly became a very very unpopular thing to do uh, up until up until the early 80s you know it was it was kind of accepted that you know somebody might throw a beer can out of the driver's (laughs) side window of a car I never did that no I'm sure you didn't or you know, like, how, baby duck maybe. how about mailbox baseball did you ever do that no but i've had it done to me oh really yeah. <laughs> so you weren't one of those little shits swinging a baseball i gun? never I damaged people's property no if i could avoid it although i do remember once we all went up to terracotta yeah and one of the guys in our little bike gang yeah which by the way was a lot of fun yeah and he said my girlfriend's got a cottage. We can all stay there. It'll be okay. Well, that sounds like trouble. And we go to Terracotta, go down some dirt path. Yeah. Pull into this place. Yeah. When we get there, there's three hippies in the, in the bed smoking pot. Really? Three of them? Three of them. This ain't their place. Is it? Hold on. Was it guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, uh, guy, guy? It was, what, what was two that? guys, one girl. Really? Wow. All, all in the bed. Sounds like a party. <laughs> they shouldn't have been in. Oh, total strangers. Total strangers. <laughs> didn't belong in the place. At any rate, they didn't last very long. What, what year was that? <clears throat> I'm going to say approximately 1968. I tell you, the late 60s were a wild one. A wild yeah. time. At any rate, so 20 bikers roll in. Yeah. They rolled out <laughs> in their van, of course. Yeah. What else would hippies be driving? The mystery machine. Yeah. And... We started drinking. Yeah. We were swinging from the rafters. Yeah. We all died on the floors. Yeah. I wake up and there's puke all over the place, which apparently they said was mine. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember it. No, okay. (laughs) And I ended up, I had to go home. So I went back home, had to change and clean up, come all the way back and brought somebody with me. Yeah. And as we're getting there... To the cottage, we look up and go like, oh, look, it's the owners. Oh, no. Uh, They were not happy. So you weren't supposed to be there either. 
Apparently not. So you, so hold on. So you boot, you booted the squatters and then you guys are squatting yourself. Pretty much. Oh God. But somebody said it was their girlfriend's place and it was okay. Oh God. And you trusted them, eh? He became a cop. He must've been good. Oh God. And that's about all the time we have today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Black Powder uh, Dave, for joining me today. I life. love having you on the show, especially with stories like that. It's <laughs> my life, man. Anyway, thank you so much again for coming. Glad to have you here. I hope to see you on again uh, on the show again soon. Thank you very much for having me. All right, folks. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like and subscribe <laughs> to us. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe. No.